Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is On the Pony Express after Stang's postgame show. Tune in after each SMU game for reaction, exclusive interviews, and more. Check out all our SMU coverage you need at ontheponyexpress.com. A part of the On3 network. Now, your host, Billy Embody. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the After Stang Show. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for tuning in with us at On the Pony Express, on theponyexpress.com here in Greenville, North Carolina, for this 31-10 SMU win over the East Carolina Pirates Thursday night. It was on ESPN. Uh, I actually rode down in the elevator with Matt Barry and Dan Mullen, who were on the call for ESPN. And look, this is a game that was not necessarily pretty. It was dominated by SMU's defense and what they were able to do to the Pirates tonight. And the offense made some plays early on that gave them a 14-0 cushion. They were able to kind of ride that. And then some late scores, both by the defense and the offense, were able to carry SMU to this second AAC win of the season for them. They improved to 4-2 and two overall. They now head to Temple on Friday night for another game nationally televised on ESPN2. That'll be 6 p.m., uh, I believe. Yeah, 6 p.m. Central on ESPN2 next Friday, another road game. But look, this is SMU's first road game win of the season, and it came with an offensive performance that probably you know, <laughs> lost a lot of SMU fans as far as confidence goes in the offense just overall. But let me break it down to you guys in a couple different sections. We'll talk a lot of offense because that's kind of what we do on the postgame show because this defense has just been so consistent. You know, there's just things that they do week in and week out that make them successful. It makes makes them one of the most improved, improved defenses in the entire country. I believe they're top five in yards per play improvement. And Dan Mullen, uh, who's coaching the SECs, you know, coached a lot of high level college football, you know, there were times, and I didn't listen to the broadcast, but in talking with him afterwards, uh, I got to pick his brain a little bit. And one of the first things that he said about both defenses, which was just how athletically gifted both sides of the ball, um, East Carolina's defense, SMU's defense were. And that made it difficult on SMU's offense, in particular from the SMU side of things. This is an offense that is coming off of a bye week. You thought they would have cleaned up some things in the passing game. And Preston Stone finishes um, 19 of 38, 276 yards, three touchdowns. He was sacked once. Um, he did end up adding six carries for 25 yards, um, including, a, I believe it was a 16-yarder that, that kind of put the game on ice. He pulled it and went around the edge in the fourth quarter. But this is an offense that ended up running 61 plays against East Carolina. They jumped all over East Carolina early. Um, a 21-yard touchdown pass from Preston Stone to Keyshawn Smith opened the scoring. Uh, he then hit Roger Daniels on a 24-yard touchdown pass. 
um, to to uh, put them up 14 nothing, and Jordan Curley emerged to uh, lead SMU in receiving three catches for 69 yards. Didn't have a touchdown. He did get credited with a drop, but that was important for him to also step up um, at times uh, for this offense. But you know, it's kind of the same song and dance a little bit here. Um, it's a mixed bag. But one thing Rhett Lashley did talk about in the post game with us is that. Looking at the film, he felt like East Carolina won the line of scrimmage. And you can look at SMU's rushing statistics, um, 23 attempts, 58 yards, and six of those carries went to Preston Stone. And so it's a run game that was non-existent um, up here in uh, in Greenville. Uh, Jalen Knighton led the Mustangs with 11 carries, 30 yards on the night. And so that led SMU to get pass happy. And uh, I asked Rhett Lashley if he felt like they got pass happy. He said, yes, you'll hear from him in just a second. But this is an East Carolina defense that was averaging giving up 21 points per game. SMU ends up scoring 24 offensive points. Uh, three of those points came off of that turnover, that strip by Kobe Wilson, uh, where he took it away from the ECU quarterback and they were able to capitalize on it. But now you look at this offense and and you say, okay, and I said this before the season. I said this East Carolina game in terms of the league play is probably what scared me the most. And part of that was I felt like Memphis would be down. We'll find out a lot about Memphis on Friday night. They've played Missouri tough. They've played some good teams as well. And, and they look like they're going to be one of the top teams in the AAC. But I felt like on Thursday night, the blackout. And look, this wasn't a packed 52,000 seat stadium that it is. This is an environment here that I mean, I wish East Carolina was 4-0, 5-0, whatever, and we were looking at, you know, a top 25 um, type of environment because it was loud, they were engaged, and they made it difficult with the environment at times. And so it had this big game feel. And East Carolina historically has been able to get athletes that can play, and they haven't put it together to this high, high level. But we've seen SMU come in here and drop – a, a stinker, uh, quite honestly, trying not to curse or anything, call it worse than it was, but 45-7 at the half, Elijah Chapman talking with him after the game, he said he he thought about that game every day this week um, in terms of that, that memory of coming here during the 2020 season and uh, losing like they did in an embarrassing fashion. And again, SMU was good that season. I think they were six and two going into that game. So a tough environment, a, a athletically, especially on defense, a tough team. This offense for East Carolina, it's one of the worst in the country. We talked about that uh, a good bit, but um, the defense and how and if SMU could exploit them was going to be the storyline. And so SMU finishes under 350 total yards for the first time all season. The passing game was very inconsistent. Preston Stone finishes with just 50% uh, completion. There were some drops. There were also plenty of balls that he clearly wants back. I mean, he bounced one into Romello Brinson, I believe it was, that would have been a first down on a call route. Uh, he bounced the screen pass to, to Jordan Hudson. I don't know if it would have gone anywhere, but uh, he missed Roderick Daniels on a sideline route that was so underthrown. Roderick had to come back and kind of try to climb the defender. But on the flip side of it, too, some of these receivers have got to start making some competitive plays down the field. And I think that's where there's a disconnect. And, you know, Rhett Lashley, he, you know, he thought Preston Stone battled. I think for me, as you look at this game and kind of compare it, 
SMU's been so good offensively, and Rhett Lashley kind of alluded to this. They've been so good offensively. They they have these expectations that have been instilled around here for a long, long time that they're going to be a top 10 offense. They're going to roll. They're going to do all those things. And this season, the defense is what the storyline has been. They've been the ones that have been really carrying the SMU team, keeping them in games. And in tonight's case, I mean, the offense made plays. You got to give them credit. They got them up 14 nothing. They were able to, you know, close it out strong. But this defense won them to game. They just kept delivering three and outs. I could try to count them up right here uh, from East Carolina side of things. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, three and outs. And, and one of those drives uh, or two of those drives that weren't three and outs were fumble, which was two plays and one play, the interception. So think if my math is not escaping me at 12.20 a.m. Eastern time, uh, 11 drives of three plays or less for East Carolina. So this defense has really been the storyline. Um, we'll jump into the offense and, and most people's questions. And if you're not an on the Pony Express.com subscriber, you can subscribe for just a dollar um, and, and get our full coverage and obviously recruiting and all those things. Um, and if you're an on the Pony Express subscriber, come homecoming week, Wednesday, uh, we're doing a tasting with Epic Wines at Armstrong Fieldhouse on campus at 5.30 p.m. That's if you're a on the PonyExpress.com subscriber. So all the more reason to subscribe if you're a listener and haven't jumped on board. But we've got a lot of questions on the board right now. And uh, Mark uh, for Whack uh, says, nine punts, nine. What will it take to get the offense in sync? Um, I, I, I think a lot of it, again, is – and tonight I think the offensive line didn't have their best stuff. But the offense has this, well, when a receiver has a step, sometimes it's underthrown. When, you know, a receiver in the past that the great ones that SMU has had, they can make these contested grabs consistently and, and, and really change the momentum of the game. Um, they, they don't have a consistent intermediate passing game. There are just so many little things that are kind of all over the place in the passing game. And look, the run game was bad tonight. I thought the offensive line, they got they got beat up a little bit um, in, in this one. And so it was, I, I don't think this is a stretch to say, I think it was their worst game of the season. And so when your run game struggles and Rhett Lashley said afterwards, he said they felt like it was going to be tough to run going into it. And so they had to go to the air a little bit more. They kind of knew that going in, but there were at times where, they got pass happy. And I think part of the struggle when you watch the game and you say, man, they're dropping back on first down. Here we go again. Or, you know, they're not establishing the run. Well, tonight the storyline was that it was going to be tough to run and it was tough to run. I don't think that, I mean, they had a long of 16 with Preston Stone. They had a long uh, for Jalen Knighton of 11. And I think that came in the, in the fourth quarter when he kind of broke that run a little bit. So it was tough sledding and it, turned into, you know, this offense that got pass happy. Again, 38 attempts for Preston Stone, and that's not what SMU wants to be. Um, they want to be a team that, you know, is pretty balanced. Um, they would rather run it more than they pass it. That means they got up. They could run the football, do all those things. And tonight they couldn't establish the run. So it was just all bad. It was kind of that perfect storm. And they didn't hit plays when they had opportunities. I think you've got to give Preston Stone a little bit of credit in the sense that there wasn't ever a back-breaking play. And in some of these 
and I've been covering SMU now for a decade and there's people who've been around the program a long time now that I've known for a while. And, you know, we were sitting there when it was 1410 and we said, you know, this is one of, is this another example of, man, SMU just struggles at times in these big, big games. And then they have a backbreaking interception or a fumble or a kickoff return for touchdown. Well, those things didn't happen tonight. And I think in that sense, you have to give Preston Stone credit because he does not kill SMU. What is hurting right now is outside of the first two touchdown passes of the game, though those were few and far between in the rest of the game. And the second and third quarters were tough, as in particular the third quarter for SMU. They really didn't get anything going. Um, they went three and out, three straight drives. Um, in that, from the second quarter to the third quarter, they went um, with one, two, six, three and outs. And then the other drive was a basically a five and out with a punt. Um, and then they kind of got back on track and, and were able to score in the fourth quarter and, and get it done. So it's hard to... I think the biggest thing, if if there were changes to be made to this offense in terms of their passing game, the biggest thing that I think I'd like to see is just some really smooth, just short crossing routes, just things to get Preston Stone a little bit of confidence, get him, you know, when Tanner Mordecai was at his best, and again, he was susceptible to backbreaking interception, but when he was at his best, I think he would, you know, have like a run of like five, six, seven straight completions, and you're like, okay, they're kind of hot, they're getting... They're getting going here. Now, remember when all of that was going on, that was also when SMU refused to throw the deep ball uh, at times to Reggie Robertson, Danny Gray. It was comical how SMU would not push the ball down the field. And tonight they come out and I'll try to pull up Preston's uh, passing chart here, but he chucked it down the field. They did not care um, at all. And uh, his passing chart, um, three of nine, uh, down uh, deep passes uh, to the left side, two of three down the middle, um, and one of seven to the right. So you're looking at five, uh, six of, wow, six of 19 down the field. And so half of his pass attempts were down the field. And I think for him, it's hard to get into a rhythm. And he also is susceptible to kind of scrambling when maybe he doesn't need to. I think the receivers at times are not open. It's just not clicking. And I don't know how else to explain it with this passing game, but um, this is going to be uh, an interesting thing going forward. Um, Pony Excess on the board asks, uh, does Rhett Lashley um, have to answer whether he's going to uh, press and so is going to be the starter moving forward? I don't think so. I don't. I, I've said this on the board. I think his leash is long. I don't think it's a um, uh, something that they're even remotely close to looking at. Um, I think it's a probably a worthwhile conversation away from like media time, just because I think it's that far off. Like what what would be where you would make a change? But the thing is, is guys, Kevin Jennings. I mean, he throws interceptions in practice. I know he's going with the second team, and it's not the same, but. There, there are those things that are out there, and Preston just doesn't do that that often. So, um, for him to clean it up, you know, he's had interceptions. I think in four straight games, SMU's played uh, six games now. Uh, he had that interception against Charlotte um, late in the first half. 
for him to come on the road in a kind of a tough environment, I know he's been in some big ones, but he didn't throw an interception and he just kind of stuck with it. And he made some throws that were unbelievable. And, you know, this isn't all on him at all. Um, I think there's just a rhythm that is just not clicked for whatever reason, whether it be a guy dropping a ball, a, a throw being late, a pass protection being blown. It's just not all clicking. And so, if it clicks this season, it's going to be pretty scary, but it hasn't. And so that's why there's so much going on right now with this offense. Um, uh, Edwa, too, asks uh, how many go routes did Lashley call kind of answer that. But it was they were pushing the ball down the field. And honestly, I, kn- I want to see more intermediate. I want to see more short to kind of help them get into a little bit of a, a routine. But this is this was a defense that was kind of giving them some good opportunities to, to do this. I mean, they, they were, the opportunities were there um, for SMU. So get into a little bit of Rhett Lashley reaction and players, but um, you know, the deep ball tonight, I asked him, I said, did you get a little pass happy? But um, at the end of the day, the run game was going nowhere and not that they abandoned it, but, it wasn't ever there to begin with, and they just kind of mixed it in here and there. We, we felt like going into the game, the way they play, they're, they're really good against the run, as we saw. And then schematically, it's not a robber defense like we see, but it's it's similar. And there's not a lot in the open, in the middle of the field. And we felt like we had the advantage with our outside receivers vertically down the field. And I think you saw that early in the game. You know, Preston made some great throws. We dropped two or three or just missed the throw on two or three, but then Curly had the big one, Keyshawn had the big one, uh, Roderick had a bit, and we kind of got going credit them they started playing a lot of loose cover three and keeping everything in front really really mixing it up well and um you know kept us from being able to get over the top and we didn't execute well in the intermediate we were on the football well yeah so uh, i mean you heard real actually there it's just kind of all the bad things happening and and he gave the defense a ton of credit i mean this is a this is a defense that you know really bailed them out tonight but the run game it just wasn't there and it, it, it was a really, really tough um, situation to kind of go go through, and, and that's why it kind of turned into this pass-happy, you know, game. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, so the first couple drives, we felt like we were going to be okay running it, and then credit them, you know, I do think they, they, they won up front, you know, as a team, their defense against our offense. I'm not putting that on the O-line. I'm saying as a group, they, they uh, at least until I see the film, it felt like they did. They, they won in the trenches, and, you know, we never really got a lot of air – to, to get downhill. And so it got to a point where we were throwing it well for there for a minute. We weren't running it well at all. And so, yeah, we did take to the air more than we'd like to. Um, but, you know, when you run it and it's one or two yards, you run it again, now it's third and six. That puts a lot of pressure on you. So probably got a little pass happy. Um, but we obviously weren't running it very well either. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, so, I mean, this is one that just the offense doesn't have to wear because they won 31-10. People forget that as you kind of go through watching a game. This is an offense that came out and stepped up, I mean, early. And and I always like to look at the overall game, you know. I mean, people are ready to kill everybody on the staff and and 
jettison half the players on offense in the first couple drives, but then they kind of got hot and, and those things are starting to come together. Consistency has been this offense's issue the entire season. And for all the reasons we've talked about earlier on the show, it hasn't come together, but they have to keep trudging along and try and figure out ways to make it happen. I think there are things in this offense that Rhett Lashley would like to see more of. Late in the game, Preston Stone checks it down to LJ Johnson. And I think that was about, and Rhett is usually pretty animated on the sidelines, but that was as animated as I've seen him about a routine play being made. LJ Johnson caught the ball. He had space. He had room. He made a move and he picked up the yardage necessary to convert a third and five. That basically iced the game. Um, yeah, SMU was able to pick up a couple more first downs, I think, and really drain the clock down to, I think, two minutes or so. ECU got the ball back and uh, after RJ Maryland's touchdown, and that was it. And, and so um, those routine plays, those short checkdowns, they have to become more more consistent, and they have to happen more. And there was one play, uh, I think, when SMU was really struggling during the kind of three and out session that they had and Jalen Knight runs right towards the press box. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, that's an easy check down. It might've even been designed. Nope. They didn't hit it. And then I think Preston scrambles and um, you know, they have to make something else happen. I don't know if it went incomplete or not. It might've even been the Jake Bailey conversion, but you know, they just, they, they haven't been able to make some of the routine plays and it's all over the place. It's, you know, RJ Maryland has a short pass, you know, kind of drops it and it was, it was coming in hot, but he, he drops it. And then at the same time, then he goes down the field and makes another play and, uh, you know, catch the game with a touchdown on a really, really great effort play too, to put the game on ice. So it's just all these things that just aren't consistently happening when they need to be and have happened in the past. Um, so for me, I mean, there's, there's blame all around. I mean, there's, throws Preston needs to make. There's protections that need to happen up front. There are, um, and a bunch of people on the board asked about Tyler Levine. I plan on asking, you know, about Tyler Levine uh, this week and say, what's the deal? He came in, he blocked on a jet sweep. It was actually, if Roger kind of strings it out a little bit longer, Tyler had it blocked that way, but I think he was going to keep, I think Roger thought he was going to kick him out. Instead, he blocked him and he still made the tackle. Um, that was going to go for a big game. There's just all these little things that need to, again, happen and come together. But, you know, people are asking about Tyler Levine. I have no idea what's going on with Tyler Levine and why he's not getting carries. Now, tonight, I felt like the run game was so bad that you might as well go to him and just let him barrel ahead and see what happens. I mean, that, that when when it's going that poorly, that's what I would have turned to. There have been other games this year where, yeah, Tyler's not getting the ball, but Kamar Wheaton's going for a, a really nice outing. Uh, Jalen Knighton, you know, has a big day against Charlotte. Belton Gardner steps up, and that's where it's kind of weird where Belton Gardner gets in the game before Tyler Bean carries, but it, it's just, it doesn't make sense at times why he's not getting in there. So I think it's a fair question, especially when the the run game was, I mean, it was non-existent tonight and Kamar Wheaton didn't play, um, probably assuming because of that hamstring injury, um, you know, uh, going on on that side of things. Um, 2018 Mustang asked, do you anticipate Rhett having pressure to move on from some of his buddies on the coaching staff? Brewers not help Preston develop sufficiently. Special teams has had too many blunders under Cooper. Woods simply doesn't offer enough. Guys, I, I like, I mean, 
I don't know. La- last year, everything seemed fine. I mean, people want to hate on, uh, you know, Tanner Mordecai and, and some people would take him back. Others would ride with Preston, which is totally fine. But this offense last year did way more with way less, um, quite honestly, than, you know, what they have talent, talent, you know, wise this year, at least in my opinion, obviously Rasheed Rice is Rasheed Rice, but overall top to bottom, this, this offense just, it just isn't clicking for whatever reason. And, you know, I, I don't know. I like, I think Preston Stone, I, I think he's got a chance to carry this team to an AAC championship, a game appearance. I also think Preston's old and, you know, he's been on college campus for a while and he's got a quarterback coach, private quarterback coach. I mean, there are all these different things with quarterback coaches these days that there aren't very many at the college level that are, Hey, you're doing X with your arm and change this or change that or whatever. I think they do need to get some things across to him a little bit more, which is why Rhett Lashley was so pumped up about that check down um, that he hit to LJ Johnson. You know, I think with special teams, um, you know, Bider asked or basically said about they've been bad this year. I agree. I don't think Brian Massey will see another kick return this year. He muffed the opening one. And I do think that's something that is kind of lost in the offensive thing. I mean, that was a brutal way to start. You're kind of amped up. You're thinking maybe, all right, they're going to be ready to roll. And they muff a kickoff. That's just like day one stuff um, that Brian Massey's now done. He's basically screwed up two kick returns now. And then they're not blocking some things, right? They got to clean that up. Um, but, you know, Ryan Buczewski, I, I, I think I think they I think they've been able to to find something with him. Um, nine punts tonight and didn't get one blocked after having some blocked earlier this year. ECU got close, but they were able to do some things well on on punt. Um, the kick return game has to be looked at. Um, and you know, Colin Rogers, they bring in a specialist to kind of help him a little bit and see what's going on. Um, but if for him to bounce back and hit a 50 yarder, that's the highly touted guy SMU thought they were getting when they brought him in. So kudos to him for having the, uh, the uh, mental fortitude to come back right after, uh, um, you know, missing a, a routine one pretty badly and, and step up and hit a 50 yarder. That was pretty good. And um, when it comes to positives, somebody asked about the positives, you know, I, I think some of the play of like a Jordan Curley, some of the big play stuff that we saw early is stuff stuff to, you know, um, be positive about, I guess. Um, Dean uh, Rolaski uh, asked about the positives from this game. And guys, SMU won 31 to 10. I predicted 31-17 and I thought East Carolina would get a late score. They didn't. They actually got held and they were forced into incompletion and, you know, 21 points in a game like this, somebody, longtime listener, Trey of the, the program said, you know, this line has jumped from nine to 12, 12 and a half. This seems like Vegas knows something. Well, Vegas knew something. The score doesn't indicate how SMU played offensively. Um, and, you know, Vegas was on to something for much of the game, but they kept going and they battled and I mean, you go on the road in a place like this and you win by 21 points. I mean, team stayed at the Holiday Inn Express last night. I mean, no disrespect, but like, you know, they stay at a solid place normally. It's just you go to some of these small towns where it's just this cool environment and it's I don't know, it's going on the road. Um, So I, I think one thing that I was really 
uh, impressed by is how this team always keeps each other up. Romello Brinson went over to Preston Stone after one of those three announced, and I think it was like third in a row, and he just dapped him up, patted him on the back. You know, the defensive guys are supporting him. Jonathan McGill talked about that after the game and how they're always there for each other and how him and Preston actually had the conversation before the season said, hey, we're going to help you out when you need it. You help us out when we need it. And there's no animosity. And yeah, things didn't go their way against Oklahoma and TCU when that would have been a prime opportunity for the offense to step up. But um, now you're in league play and it's a different story. It's a different level of competition. And, um, you know, they're sticking together, which I'm really impressed by. And this team is a defensive team. They've got a little bit of nasty to them. The offensive line had a step back game tonight, but this defense is setting the tone and it's really impressive. I do think this is a little bit of a, you know, defining moment specifically for our defense, but also our team, because, you know, when you get to put in a position where it's 14 to 10 and, you know, Brad told me, I think we had three straight drives on offense where we basically went three and out with zero yards. And the pressure's all on them to just keep holding serve, holding serve, and they do it. Um, you know, that's not going to work every week. Offense is going to have to do that at times for them, but um, really, really proud of, of just how they, they played for four straight quarters. And Jonathan McGill, uh, he said SMU is, is just only kind of beginning to uh, scratch the surface on what they can do defensively as well. We're in a, a really good direction. Um, you know, kind of after the bye week, we had a chance to, you know, kind of self-scout ourselves, know that we played well, but, you know, we also had, you know, opportunities that we can play a lot better. We played, you know, good today, had opportunities we could play a lot better too as a defense. So that's one thing that's, you know, kind of really um, fun and really good about it that, you know, we're, we're performing right now, but we understand that we still have, you know, more room to grow. Um, and so kind of, you know, just, we feel like we're heading in the right direction. And so we, we just have, you know, other games and stuff like that where we can, you know, hopefully, you know, keep improving. I'll leave you guys with this. Um, largest margin of victory uh, for an SMU team on the road um, since uh, North Texas, uh, September 3rd, 2022. So last year, 48 to 10. That was Rhett Lashley's first game as head coach. Um, and then largest margin in a road AAC win since 47-23 at Temple in 2020. So there are some things going in the right direction here and there. Whenever you can go on the road and do this, it just goes to show SMU's not been good at it. So to come out, no matter how it looks, and get a win of this margin – even though East Carolina is down, I think, like we said on the podcast this week, they have the athletes to be good. Their offense, and this is something that all their beat reporters are just – I mean, their beat reporters are calling the plays in the uh, media room before they're coming. They go, oh, um, Rajay Harris, rush middle, two yards. I mean, before the play is snapped, pass sideline incomplete. It's pretty comical sitting in there. Um, so they've got some things. They've got to work out offensively, but – you know, to come in and and have this margin of victory, it shouldn't be lost when you look at this game. Okay, there we know that watching SMU this year has been an adventure on offense. It has, but they didn't have a back-breaking turnover. They didn't do things that really could have cost them the game. They did some things that they just didn't execute throughout the game, but they made plays, the defense stepped up, and ultimately – all the goals for SMU because they got a road win like this, Elijah Chapman probably said it best. It's very important because it's hard to get a win on the road, um, especially by 21. That's that's very hard. And um, you don't see too many teams doing that that often. So it was very important. It could 
possibly set up our our uh, our season for a championship, and that's ultimately what we want. It's what SMU wants—a championship. It's still on the table. Two and zero in AAC play, four and two overall. They play Temple Friday night on ESPN2 in Philadelphia, 6 p.m. Central Time start for that one. Guys, that is all we've got on the After Stank show. They're going to kick me out of this press box here. You've heard the door open a couple of times. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this postgame show. We'll have full coverage this weekend at OnThePonyExpress.com. A lot more to dive into now that this one's in the books, but a dominating performance by SMU's defense. I didn't note it. Uh, and, uh, 290 total yards given up. Um, this is a defense that is going to continue to move up in the ranks um, overall. Uh, they are the calling card of this team, and it's a weird feeling, but it, it's kind of good to to think about because you can really, really travel well when when you have a good defense and, and bring that to the table each and every week, and they have. So SMU moves to 4-2 and two overall. Tune in League Play. Thanks for listening to this edition of the After Stain Show. Stop by Shug's Bagels if you're in Dallas right now. They're, they're open after hours. goes until 2 a.m. Order yourself a bagel. Get yourself a late-night meal. Uh, when SME returns for homecoming later this month, we'll be live at Shug's Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza for the After Stain Show. We'll catch you guys next week with another edition. Thanks for listening. This is Billy Embiid signing out from uh, Greenville, uh, North Carolina. SME wins 31-10 over the pipes. Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on 3 and on Instagram at on3SMU. And keep it locked to ontheponyexpress.com for more coverage. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.